and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hartis, and today we are continuing our 32 for 32 series with a look at the Los Angeles Rams already making big-time moves in the offseason. If you've been living under a rock, they have traded Jared Goff, two first-round picks and a third-round pick for Mr. Matthew Stafford. So exciting times with an already you know good to great, I think we can all say great football team. Now certainly anyone's idea of a Super Bowl contender if they were not already. So I have a very, very special guest to help break down Los Angeles Rams. That is staff editor and NFL writer at the athletic LA and also co-host of the 11 personnel podcast, rich Hammond, who you can find on Twitter at rich underscore Hammond, rich. Thank you for the time and happy off season. Hey, yeah. And here we are, right? I mean, it goes so fast before, you know, it'll be the free agency and the draft and training camp. It's, it's awesome. I love covering the NFL because there's always something going on. So it's there. good to be with you. There is always something, man. You said it right. And you know, I don't, I don't have time to focus on these other beta sports like baseball and basketball. Okay. I'm being a hater, but truly we can't talk about football all day, every day. And that is usually what we do here on the PFF fantasy football podcast. So per usual, we'll be going through three team needs for the Rams. I'll hit rich with a gut feel round because again, we are recording this on February 2nd. So maybe he is Nostradamus, but right now just getting the early off season uh, agenda look, and then we'll get out of here after a bold off season take. So without further ado, rich hit me with your top three team needs for the Rams ahead of 2021 offseason? Well, it's going to be interesting to see kind of where they go with uh, free agency. First of all, I mean, they, they're so far over the salary cap right now that they're going to have to reconcile a lot of that. And, and does that mean having to cut a couple guys and maybe replacing them with cheaper options? It certainly kind of uh, precludes you from re-signing some of those defensive free agents, I think, when you're talking about John Johnson and Leonard Floyd, maybe even a Troy Hill at cornerback. They're probably going to have to make some tough decisions there. So the landscape of this team could change a little bit over, over the next couple of weeks. But one thing I would point to first of all is look at receiver. I mean, that, that, that's an interesting uh, situation because you look at that and they think you already have Robert Woods and Cooper cup. So you're pretty much set there. Right. But they, they want to get that deep element back into their game and that they lacked uh, without having Brandon cooks or without having Sammy Watkins from the year before. So whether that's through the draft or whether it's through free agency um, or maybe even a trade, I tend to think it'll be the draft more than anything. I think they have to get somebody in there who can bring a, a little bit of, of that element too. So uh, that's one area um, I would look maybe at tight end. Also, I don't think they're going to bring back Gerald Everett. Uh, also another salary cap kind of um, casualty, I guess you would say. Um, so maybe they need a little bit more depth there because they don't have a lot behind uh, Tyler Higby. They, they drafted Bryson Hopkins last year. They, they like the way that he projects, uh, but, but he's maybe, maybe, maybe not ready to step into that role uh, uh, necessarily in 2021. And then you have to look at the offensive line and, and how that uh, shakes out. I mean, Andrew Whitworth looks like he's going to be back in 2021, but that's no certainty. He's got a very high cap figure. He's over $11 million in cap. In, in 2021, which given some of their issues, that's, that's a really big number. Um, so if they can make that work with him, that's great. Does it cost them a potentially a Rob Havenstein on the other side? That's a possibility. Uh, but I, I think that's another area where they, they need to look at uh, upgrading or at least making some changes. Yeah, I think looking back at, you know, this time last year, the big miss I had on the Rams was I just didn't think their offensive line would be very good because they went from being just one of the most historically great units we've really ever seen in that 2017-2018 run, lost a lot of pieces and decided not to really address the position group and the draft or free agency last year. They just kind of built guys up within. Well, those guys performed just fine last year. But to your point, might have to 
cut some of those other guys, but do you probably see them with the offensive line in particular and them being this cap stretch? Like they're probably going to have to address this unit through the draft. Yeah, I would think so. And it's hard to do that. I mean, especially you talk about those tackle positions. It's, it's hard to go out and just sign somebody who you can uh, step in. I mean, those guys don't grow on trees and if they, <laughs> when they are available, they're pretty, they're pretty expensive if they're, if they're you know worthy of putting in there. So that's why I still think it's, it's still probably their best option to stay with, with Andrew Whitworth, even though he's, you know, 39 years old now. And there's uh, that, that comes with its own set of risks, but um, yeah, they, they did a good job and, and, you know, sticking with and developing some of those, young guys like Austin Blythe and uh, Austin Corbett did a, did a nice job this year. So they've got a couple other guys, you know, Bobby Evans, David Edwards. They like those young guys too. Uh, but they, the, the depth I think could stand to improve there. And then, yeah, what they, what they do with Rob Havenstein on the right side, uh, that's a pretty high cap figure. And, and I don't know, given some of their other issues, whether or not uh, they can afford that. And, and if they can't, then, then you definitely need that depth. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to look at the flashy scope position players. We've got to make sure they got that O-line all sound and solid at the line of scrimmage as well. I want to circle back to where you're talking about in defense because, yeah, Troy Hill, Darius Williams, John Johnson, Leonard Floyd, all these guys could potentially be leaving. And I understand part of that is just, hey, you're building your offense around two of the single best talents in the league in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So, you know, I'm sure this isn't really coming as a surprise to the Rams. But with that said, like, where do you think they might try to focus, like, the number three piece in the secondary or more in the pass rush? Yeah, probably uh, in the pass rush because uh, they, they still, even if you talk about some of these guys potentially leaving, they have some pretty good depth at, at safety. I mean, Jordan Fuller was a guy who stepped in and, and played very well as a sixth round pick. Uh, they still have Taylor Rapp, who was just a second round pick a couple of years ago. He's had some injury issues. So you haven't really heard his name a whole lot, uh, but he's a guy who can step in and, and play well. And then, uh, you know, they're pretty solid at quarterback again even if they lose a Troy Hill you, you still obviously have Jalen Ramsey and you have Darius Williams who played very well uh, this year and you have a couple other guys David Long Jr. who they think pretty highly of so I, I think they're, they're pretty good there it's it's that uh, it's that pass rush for you especially if if Leonard Floyd doesn't come back which I, I think he's going to get paid somewhere else more than more than the Rams can afford then uh, they need to replace that and there's not a whole lot of internal uh, Terrell Lewis is a guy who they, again they just draft did a lot of talent there, but he also had a lot of injury uh, issues in, in 2021. So uh, you'd like to think that he can step in and, and play that big role, but I, I don't know that you can be absolutely confident about it given those injury issues. So draft is always a good way to, to, to pick up those edge rushers, even if you get down to the to the third round or, or something like that. There's there's usually some quality there depending on the depending on the year. The Rams have had pretty good success. Uh, you know, drafting in those middle rounds. So I, I think they could find somebody there pretty good up front. You know, when you start with Aaron Donald, you're, you're not doing <laughs> too bad. Uh, and uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, Michael Brockers, they like those two guys. So I, I'd really look at that linebacker position as, uh, as one where they could make some upgrades. It is, I mean, you know, to have this kind of stars and scrubs approach with Donald Ramsey, at least they're doing it with two guys that can truly, I mean, Donald, no one's facing a double team on that defensive line. And with Ramsey, he's one of the only number one cornerbacks in the league that will consistently, you know, go in the slide, then go outside, travel with the number one corner, whatever they yeah. need. 
need him to do, he can do it. So makes sense that, you know, let Ramsey take the toughest assignment, maybe add some pass rush juice to re- replace Floyd. Otherwise bring back arguably the single best defense in the entire league. So great stuff there. Edge rush, um, secondary, and then offensive line, as you said, three main team needs. Now we'll get to the gut feel round again. We're recording this on February 2nd. So if things change, you know, we'll, uh, we'll adjust from that on, but uh, Rich does not know everything that's going to happen this offseason, but we'll try to get the most that we can out of him. So want to start off with a look at the wide receivers. You mentioned this as a potential sneaky need. You know, Josh Reynolds could be taking his talents elsewhere. Van Jefferson flash, but, you know, I agree with you. He's not necessarily as Brandon Cook, Sammy Watkins type speed threat. So do you see the Rams likely entering the 2021 season with someone else as their number three wide receiver? Yeah, I, I kind of do. Um, and it, it's tough because, I mean, Van Jefferson was a really good draft pick, I, I think. And he, he fits this offense really well. So it, it would be tough to kind of say, oh, you're pushing him down to a number four. Uh, but I, I just I, I think especially bringing in Matthew Stafford and I think Sean McVay has his eye on, you know, getting back to a little bit more of that deep passing game. You know, they, they evolved the offense evolved this year to where they kind of went to that, you know, they, they, they were big on yards after catch and let's, it, it makes a lot of sense because those guys are so good at it. Robert Woods and Cooper cup. I mean, they can, they can take a slant and turn it into a 40 yard, you know, run. And uh, it made a lot of sense. It just, it just didn't work all, all around for the offense. So, so I think they're going to look to maybe evolve back uh, to a little bit more of, of that concept that they had in 2017 and 2018. And I think to do that, you, you do need uh, a little bit more speed on the outside. So it's tough because uh, you really like Van Jefferson. And I think he could have a, a good role on this team and he still could. Uh, but, but when you look at putting somebody out there on, on the outside, I, I think it probably has to be somebody from outside. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, you can say a lot of things about Matthew Stafford, but one thing you cannot question is that dude's arm strength. He has 11 completions where the ball went at least 50 yards in the air since entering the league. No, Aaron Rodgers at eight. Nobody else is like even close to them. So truly get him someone speedy that, you know, he's not going to be able to overthrow. Good things should be happening. And that kind of takes me to my next question here, because we've seen Sean McVay kind of tweak the offense from year to year. It's like the most run heavy, most two tight end heavy addition in 2020. But now Gerald Everett leaving Matthew Stafford, someone that has that arm strength you're talking about maybe adding a field stretching wide receiver like could you see mcveigh kind of getting back more into that 2017 2018 uh more downfield heavy offense yeah i really i really can yeah and I, again i think they tried to it and it made a lot of sense and you know the, the, the things that he tried to do last year you know they, they were they were trying to readjust and and maybe trying to manage some of jared goff's you know weaknesses and things like that and and trying to make it an efficient offense like everything he did it it made sense it it just it didn't really work and and complicated by the fact that that jared turned the ball over too many times with the interceptions and the fumbles um, and, you know, the, the running game a little bit inconsistent because, you know, guys were in and out of the lineup and you didn't have a, a real consistent back until the end of the season. So it, it just didn't quite work. And now now bringing in Matthew Stafford to this offense, I, I think it changes the whole look of the offense. I don't think it makes any sense to put Stafford in the same type of system that they were running last year. It, it made a certain amount of sense for Jared Goff. I don't think it makes any sense. <laughs> For, for Stafford. So yeah, I do look for them to get back to some of those concepts uh, that they had in, in 2017 and 2018. And, and you could make the argument that the guys they have can already do that. I mean, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, these are not slow guys. I mean, these are not, you know, but, but they also aren't, you know, they aren't 
Brandon Cooks. They aren't right. saying Watkins. <laughs> so if, if Sean McVay thinks he needs that, and and I think the outside perception is that they kind of do, then that's why I think you need to make that change. But to answer your question overall, yeah, I, I would expect them to to kind of revert or, or re-evolve, I guess, back to, to what they were doing quite a bit. We're going to take a quick break to pay some bills. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to do just that. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between LA and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, the over-under will drop by one full point. Every better who hammers the over in Sunday's Denver versus Los Angeles game helps to lower the game's over-under. And if that isn't enough excitement for you, there is a huge title fight happening this weekend at USC 258. So we need you to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when LA takes on Denver. Again, for every 1,000 people that bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family, this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code PFF for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan or Virginia only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. PFF and Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field, 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast. They'll provide the most interesting football conversations and sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars. You do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, look, we would hope that every team would build their offense around their players' talents and not necessarily whatever scheme they've known throughout their entire coaching career. Good to see Sean McVay has already in his short, you know, head coaching career been willing to tweak things, try to set up his skies for success with whatever they have best available. And that kind of takes me to the tight end question, which because, you know, in fantasy land, Tyler Higby was someone that burnt a ton of us last year. He had such an un- unreal hot stretch at the end of the 2019 season. He was going as like a top eight option and it just, I mean, he made the most of his opportunities it was just pretty much split right down the middle with him and Gerald Everett so if Everett is out of the picture and if we think they're going back to more three wide receiver sets could you see Higby having you know almost like a post uh post hype breakout year yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, he might end up being kind of a sneaky kind of, uh, you know, after after the big disappointment. Yeah. I, I think people got too high on him last year. You know, I I didn't draft him. Let's put it that way. Because <laughs> I kind of thought people got a little too excited about that that end of, of 2019 run where that was a lot of out of necessity yeah. and the Rams just weren't moving the ball very well. And, and Jared had a good connection with Tyler Higby. Um, so that made sense to me at the time. I didn't really project it to, to be a, a huge, like, you know, there was talk like, Oh, Tyler Higby could be a thousand yard receiver. Like <laughs> I never, I do, I wasn't really buying into that. Um, so I do think there could be a little bit of that now. Yeah. Now you can buy lower on him because he, he still can be a guy. And like you said, Gerald Everett likely being out of the picture. So whatever targets do go to the tight end in, in 2021, uh, likely a, a overwhelming share of them. Uh, will be going to Tyler Higby, and, and he still does have those skills. He's great in the red zone. Uh, I, I thought they could have utilized him more than they did uh, this year in certain situations. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know whether I would go so far as to saying like yeah you should you should consider him a top five tight end or, or something like that. But I, I think there's 
I think there's more value there than than people are going to be willing to maybe to give him this year. Yeah, as you like to say on this podcast, we don't hate players. We hate average draft positions. So last year, Tyler Higby, when he's going as a legit top five, top six option, like, no, that's someone at the very high ceiling, you know, the range of their outcomes that we're drafting him at. Now, if he's outside the top 10, we know he can be that great guy. Maybe now he'll actually get the opportunity to be it more consistently. So want to close out the offense with a look at Cam Akers. PF, our PFF fantasy team could not be higher on this guy at the moment. Every time I look at my ranks, I'm moving him up more and more. Now, he's another guy who had, you know, a strong late season run, and we got to make sure that it wasn't just a fluke and he's going to come back into 2021, hopefully with that role. So Malcolm Brown, maybe they bring him back on a team-friendly deal. We'll see. I know Henderson was banged up towards the end of the year, but not the whole stretch. What do you think Cam Akers' normal role is going to look like in 2021? Yeah, I, I think, and again, this is another guy who had some kind of knickknack injury issues, which is a thing to watch. You don't, you, you hope that doesn't continue. I mean, one of them was kind of a fluke. He hurt his ribs. He fell on the ball and was out for a little while. So that that's, that's a fluke thing, but, but he's also had, you know, some ankle issues and things like that. So that, that's something to keep an eye on. You don't, you don't, you, you hope that doesn't become a trend, uh, but, but assuming he makes the progression the way that, that we think he will, I, I, I think it's really setting up for him to take over those lead back uh, duties. And, and I think what makes sense is, uh, it, and it's not a knock on Daryl Henderson, but I, I think it sets up well for, for Cam Akers to be your lead back. And then for Daryl Henderson to, to play that complimentary role, which was what he was really drafted to do. He wasn't drafted to be a lead back. He really wasn't drafted to even be a 50, 50, uh, kind of back. He was, he was supposed to be a compliment, uh, with, with some of the skills that he has, and he's very good at, at you know, catch and run and, and even, you know, getting in there on a third down and making something happen. Um, so, so so I don't think he gets marginalized totally. I don't think he leaves the rotation um, completely, but I think you do see more of a migration to what you saw in the latter part of the season with Cam Akers, where he really is taking hold of that and getting the bulk of the carries. Malcolm Brown, uh, if, if they do bring him back, I think it's a good move. He's he's a kind of your quintessential backup quarterback, uh, backup running back. Uh, you know, very knows the offense very well. Great blocker, uh, very steady guy. So. It, he's a good guy to have, but I, I don't know whether you want to necessarily have him in there for 10, 12 carries uh, a game. So I, I think in an ideal world, Cam Akers is your lead guy. You sprinkle in a little bit of Daryl Henderson, and then you kind of have uh, Malcolm Brown as kind of that handcuff or that security blanket um, in case you need him. So maybe not that same, you know, near every snap role that we saw Todd Gurley have, but at least it should be a more clearly defined backfield than that 300 three headed mess we had for a lot of last season. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's the way it's trending. And I, I think it would have trended even even stronger toward that if Cam Makers had been healthy during the year. The, those injuries that he had, I think, just kind of set everything back. It was like two steps forward, one step back. And then not till the end of the season to, did we really kind of see it. Um, so I, I, I think it'll be, again, you'll, you'll have Daryl Henderson in there a little bit. So it won't be like, you know, 25 carries to two or something sure. like that, but, but it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a, a bigger split than what you saw early in the season. Uh, I'm putting more, more fuel in that Cam Akers RB1 rocket the second uh, we get done here. That's great to hear. Always looking for those uh, true three down backs. I understand why teams want to keep their guys fresh. It makes sense, but we want those touches anyway. We can get it in fantasy land. Last question for you here. Want to look a little bit at the defense. So, you know, we talked about this a little before the third spot, mainly devoting the pass rush, but if they could really spend up, like, you know, really just try to get a stud, do you think they would kind of want to go with a, another edge rusher just to replace Floyd? Or do you think it might be, you know, more reverse? 
versatile linebacker because again, when we have Donald and we have Ramsey, I know there's only so much you could do. So I guess among that front seven, what spot would you most want to upgrade? Yeah, if, if it's me, um, especially talking about maybe a more veteran player, I, I would look inside. Um, you know, they had some they had some injury issues there too. I mean, they have a couple guys who they like. I mean, Micah Kaiser is a very very smart player, uh, but I, I think they need a little bit more athleticism there inside, especially some of facing some of these offenses that they face uh, in the in the NFC West. And when it comes to things like even covering tight ends or uh, covering running backs and things like that, I mean, that was one thing they really lost when Corey Littleton. Yeah. Uh, left for the Raiders is just that kind of that sideline to sideline ability uh, to, to really cover. So I don't know whether that's easier. I, I would look at both of those things, uh, the inside and the outside. I don't know which is easier to replace in the draft. I, I tend to think if you can have somebody who's a little bit more experienced uh, in that inside position, who's done it before, who, who, you know, is familiar with the speed of the NFL and that sort of thing. I, I tend to think that's a little bit better of an option. And maybe you look toward the draft for the, for the edge rusher, uh, a little bit more of an instinctive, you know, instinctual position. Um, but we'll see there. They don't have a lot of money, like you said. So uh, they might be picking the dimes out of the couch, you know, trying to, trying to see what they can get. But in an ideal world, yeah, I, I would look at, and upgrading that that inside spot. And I, I know it's tough right now. I mean, again, February 2nd, but uh, with Brandon Staley, you know, taking his, uh, th- his taking his talents elsewhere, do you expect the Rams to try to, you know, okay, I know they're going to evolve a little bit, but are we going to see more like, you know, a similar scheme next year? Because, hey, why would you change it when it worked that well? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's the understanding. You know, Raheem Morris will bring in his own little tweaks here and there. He might have different thoughts on certain mm-hmm. personnel, but I, I don't think they want, and I don't think it would be smart yeah. because then then you're looking at a, a, a third defensive system in three years. Yeah. And and I don't think that's a, a real smart thing to do, especially, you know, we don't know what this offseason is going to look like. You know, hopefully there are in-person OTAs and things like that, but we don't know how that's, that's going to go. Um, so I, I think it would be smart for them on just on the basic level. Like you said, don't mess with what's been working. The players really seem to enjoy the system. They seem to thrive in it. It obviously worked well for your two stars. They had great seasons. So there's no real fundamental reason to, to mess with that, at least right now. And, and I do think that's the Rams understanding that Raheem Morris will come in and, and not make really wholesale changes to what's been going on. I love when these teams make rational decisions and it's tough to assume across the league, but even Sean McVay, like, you know, I, I felt like they were going to uh, uh, feature one running back to start the year, even though McVay, I've been saying all summer, we like three or four running backs. We're going to use these guys. So, you know, even when he didn't quite make the coaching decision that us fantasy people wanted, he was still sticking to his word. So appreciate that and appreciate the Rams uh, doing what they are going to do. Well, hopefully again, Rich, great stuff. Do you have an off season bowl call you'd like to share with us? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, well, for the off season, yeah, I, I think you, you, you see a lot of, a lot of turnover. I mean, that's going to be the big thing is I don't, the Rams have said that they have still have a model that, that can bring them back. John Johnson could bring them back. Leonard Floyd. I don't see it. I, I honestly don't. I, I think that it's going to be tough for them to, to get even back under that cap number. You're going to see some restructures. You're probably going to see a couple guys, 
um, you know, move money around Aaron Donald, even Matthew Stafford. I think they're going to have to reevaluate what they do there just to get uh, inside that number. But uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think other than that, we're looking at a pretty standard <laughs> off season. I don't, I don't see, I think we've had our big surprise <laughs> for the off season. In, Fair enough. <laughs> Stafford, but may, maybe, yeah, throw it out there. Maybe that, maybe that second round pick ends up being uh, that, that big play receiver rather than uh, kind of trying to fill holes or being, you know, prudent about it or, things like that. Uh, maybe they take a big swing with that second round pick and, and see who they can get. So that, that'd probably be about as spicy as I get <laughs> with, with my predictions right now. I think that's fair. And to your point, yeah, it's hard to think of uh, something more bold than trading, you know, three picks in your franchise quarterback <laughs> already. So I hear you there, Rich. Thank you so much for the time. And again, everyone, you can go find Rich on Twitter at Rich underscore Hammond. Uh, got anything you want to express out to the people you got coming up? No, I appreciate your guys' work over there too. It's it's awesome. Enjoy it so much. And yeah, just uh, our 11 personnel podcast. You can find that on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And uh, it's going to be a fun off season. So we'll, we'll be covering it uh, well into the summer. So thanks a lot for having me. Appreciate it. Great stuff, man. Yes, make sure you check out the entire team over there at The Athletic LA. Gotta love that entire company and what they have helped done for the industry over the years. He's Rich Ami, and this has been the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.